Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pochcast. Today, Pochfad and Star will be having another absolutely riveting conversation with more wonderful, talented, and inspiring people. So, grab that drink, get your butt comfy, and hold on to your seat. This is the podcast all right thank you guys so much again for coming and hanging out with us on another episode of the podcast today is a wonderful day that we get to sit down and talk to somebody that's out of this world and you'll see what i mean when when we when we when we get there but i i just want to say thank you to everybody listening whether you're in your car whether you're at work whether you're at home if you're in the shower if if you're cooking if there's so many things you could be doing thank you for listening to us while doing these things we appreciate you um the one person that you guys know is always here is star star i want to see how are you doing today i am still standing you're sitting down you lied to me. I don't have legs. Every episode, you are sitting. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing good, Star. Okay. And the person that we have today, the person I'm actually very excited. I I watched this person for a while. Um, very intrigued. Very, very intriguing person because I learn when I go into, into their streams. Um, this is Astro Canuck. Astro Canuck, how are you doing today? I'm doing fan freaking fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, 100%. 100%. I never thought that I would go to a stream to learn. And, it, you know, like, I love school. I love learning and everything else. But, like, you, know, you go, you watch games, you watch people do art, people are just chatting. Then I go over to your streams the first couple times, and, and I know we're just jumping into this, but the first couple times, you're like Saturn and telescopes and space, and I'm like, tell me more. I must know it all. <laughs> so just so the people that don't know who this is, um, Astro Canuck is, well, not just a streamer. That's not what defines him as a person, but he's a streamer on Twitch. Uh, and you do a collective of things. You do Lego building as well as uh, tell it, tell it. I don't know. What would you, is there a term? Astronomy. 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 Astrophotography, if you want to get really specific. To the there we go. The meat and potatoes of it. Um, I've always been curious why astrophotography. Why, like, oh, this goes. This starts to go like way back. Um, let's go. Let's do this. Going way back. All right. No, the um, what, what the, the the main catalyst was. I went to a. I was living in the United Kingdom for for a while and went to a star party. Star party being where just everybody kind of gathers together with their telescopes and they're varying types of telescopes that people use. You can look through them. Some will just be doing imaging. And I went around to the, went to the star party and happened to be looking through one telescope and they were looking at the moon and it looked awesome. It was like in a, in a, in a half phase. So we had just a little bit of the moon uh, showing and held my, my cell phone up to the eyepiece trying to get a picture. And I'm like standing there filling with it and like, other people are waiting. I'm like, I gotta get this picture because <laughs> right, right. I'm looking at the moon. You know, like this is awesome. This looks so so freaking cool. And I got, I finally got anyway, a good picture out of it. And I'm thinking that there's got to be more. Like, do people do this? Is this a thing? Mm -hmm. And then looking into it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, it's totally a thing. Everybody hooks their their cameras up to their telescope. And I figured, why not? why not do something with it? And it just really started off on just posting images on Facebook and just kind so, of. 
so this is literally just you saw something and took an interest. It isn't like <laughs> since you were three, you wanted to be an astronaut and you've gone through NASA training 13 times to get there. You literally were just like telescope, moon, cool picture. And then it just took <laughs> off from there. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm for start. I am way too tall to be an astronaut. Um, Wait, so that, that's that's right out the window. They usually, well, a lot of the time they, they're going to be like very short stature for a lot of like you know. It, it makes sense. The more weight, it costs more money to send them up into space. So makes sense to, to be as efficient as possible. Um, but no, always growing up, what reading, um, like my grandmother had a subscription to National Geographic, and the, the odd time we would get pictures of space from like uh, images from images from Hubble and. Mm-hmm. I eventually got the, there was a kid's version, National Geographic World, and frequently they would have images of space, and it's just one of those things. As a kid, you kind of choose, like, main personalities off, like, either dinosaurs, rocket ships, or, uh, like, sports. Makes sense, yeah. So I, 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 I went down the space end of things. And there was, I would say there's probably a bit of a lull in between, like, end of high school and like 20s and 30s but there was always that there was always that interest so okay and i'm I'm sure that the technology for seeing far away has gotten better obviously since you know from a kid through 20s through 30s like it's just improved more so than sticking your cell phone up to a telescope but actually having the cameras or the lenses to be able to see that far i mean what was it? One of the first streams, like there was a picture of, of Saturn. Was it a Saturn? Like, and that was a pretty clear picture. Was- um, what was it? Which for for the ones that you may have seen, um, I'm wondering, was I still in the UK when I when we kind of first met on Twitch? I have, where I was. I, you might have. I don't know because it's been mm. it's been a minute. It's, it it it's has been. been a while. I was kind of looking back on things. I'm thinking, holy potatoes! I've I have known. A lot of awesome people for for quite a while, and it's just like, yeah, seriously, where where is the time gone for starters? Um, but then, yeah, just uh, when we started, I did get into doing planetary imaging until I moved back to Canada because I had um, like horrible, horrible see, uh, views in my back garden in the UK. Isn't and it pretty cloudy I, there. Funny enough, I, I'm looking back and I'm thinking I had like clearer nights in the UK, more clear nights than I've had here. I don't know if it's just because the location in uh, in okay. southern Ontario, but it, it's just it. I think everybody's had a hard time with the weather as of late, but oh, yeah. uh, it just it just seems it seems like it's it's like against us as astrophotographers. <laughs> Nature's got a thing out for you guys right now. Like, look, you want to look at it at night? No. No, it'll no. be sunny all day and we're going cloudy at night. Well, it was, I remember it was, it was, there was something that you were talking about that Saturn was, was visible, um, but you would actually pulled up out of a folder. So it may have been an older picture that you, that you showed, but you, okay. you were clicking around on your computer. You're like, here, here's this one. And you pulled up this picture and the clarity on it, you did a whole bunch of fun stuff and fancy things on your computer to, to, um, make it crisp so that you could actually see. But for me, it was the first time, I think why it was exciting is it was the first time besides like in a National Geographic or in a Time magazine or, you know, something like that, that I was able to go, oh my goodness, this is, this is Saturn. Like this is Saturn. <laughs> like this is really cool. 
and that that's why I love doing this is is for that reaction is just to be able to share this with people. Um, and that was like the main thing of when he took that picture of the moon, I thought yeah, it was really cool. It was awesome. I got to see it, but I wanted more people to see it. I, I almost feel selfish with visual astronomy. So being able to take these pictures. The joy of, of uh, social media nowadays and the, the internet is that you can actually go, hey, check this thing out that I found or that I got to see and nobody else got to. Yeah. Do you get a lot, a lot of the, and this is, I'm just thinking sky, but like the Aurora Borealis is far. I mean, you guys, I mean, if you're in Southern Ontario, you're still kind of lower, but like the midline of us and Canada. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're kind of like, I'm, I'm, I would pretty much be like right along the border essentially. Um, no, the far, the farther North you go, the better chance that you're going to have to see the Northern lights. Mm -hmm. And there have been sometimes, uh, especially now we're probably going to be expecting, pardon me. Um, going to be expecting some more, activity because there have been a lot of solar flares popping off as of recently but i've also noticed that the way how the way how the world works everybody out in like the pacific northwest gets a better show no matter what oh it's like the 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 way how the uh i don't know just the the energy levels for the for the auroras it just a lot more people get better views out, out west and that's it seems to always go here's southern ontario and then, no 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 we're just gonna give you a miss it's not, just like just kidding <laughs> it's so close but no you know yeah it's funny in in um i used to live over by seattle and it was it was a freak thing it was definitely a freak thing but i remember um on the news they're like if you look at the sky at a certain time you'll be able to see them and it was very faint but i was mm-hmm. just you know 15 minutes east of seattle and even with, you know, the, the light pollution and everything else, like, I, you could see. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I just wonder what it would look like through a telescope or something of that nature, like, more vivid or, I don't know if you know, I just. No, look at, look, well, you probably want, you want to have a wider field of view. Uh, because if you're looking at the, at the auroras through a telescope, it's going to be like, you're going to be, like, too zoomed in. You're not going to see a lot of the, the details. So. It always favors either just just looking at it, or if you're using like even just your cell phone. Most cell phones are going to have like maybe like a 15, 20 millimeter view, and it's it's nice nice and wide. So that's going to favor much better. And that's and it also it goes for different targets depending if you're going to do the aurora, you want to do like a wide field. Better even using like a your own like a DSLR camera, or if you're going for planets, then you need to have the a longer focal length and a telescope is always there, there isn't going to be like one one device that's going to do everything. Gotcha. That's one thing that I was curious of is what do you use to see the moon that clearly or other planets? Like it's gotta be like super in, in my head, you know, again, me not being one that does this. I've used a DSLR with, you know, a telephoto mm-hmm. lens to get hundred yards away, but that's pretty much it. Um, so to be able to get pictures of planets, like what are you using? <laughs> it's just I just picture the the massive, you know, like at the top of a mountain with a big dome and this giant thing coming out the top. Like, oh, we're not, not not quite there yet. <laughs> those ones are up in like the, the millions of dollars for those for those uh those setups. So I am more in the the tens of twenties of dollars for my budgets. Um <laughs> Those are millions. I'm in the tens of dollars. <laughs> I like it. Okay. 
what I use, there are there are three main types of telescopes. There is a reflector telescope that uses mirrors, and mm-hmm. there are refractor telescopes which use lens, which use a series of lenses, and then there are um, compound telescopes which will use mirrors and um, and lensed ele- and glass elements. Each one has its own advantage. Um, okay. I am I'm currently using a refractor telescope, so it is as um, few glass elements between your target and the the, the camera sensor. It's going to give you less chance for errors to kind of come into the into the image. But okay. it's uh, it, it's a it's a modest sized scope. It's about maybe four inches in diameter for the for the the objective, the the front okay. part. And, you know, it, it's, it does the job for what we do. Um, yeah. Oh, for, for, amazing. It, I, I'm very impressed with this one. Actually, this one was, uh, this was loaned to me from, uh, from a Canadian company. And I was just kind of talking with, uh, with the guys. Uh, shout out to Steve at Ontario Telescope and Accessories. Um, all right, all right, Steve. <laughs> he, um, he has been, he's been running that, that shop for quite a while. And it was just kind of through word of mouth discovering uh, that shop, but um, chatting with him. We also, we, we, I did a, a podcast with him a while back and we instantly bonded over our love of Batman um, just by, just by chance. And see, see, this is what, this is what brings us together. It's Batman. See, right, right, wait. You guys, you guys listening can't hear me pointing, but I have entire bookshelves behind me dedicated to everything Batman. So yes, yes. The, the bonding over Batman is a real bond. Okay, <laughs> it's a real and serious bond. It is. I don't have it with me, but I had a uh, a Perler crafting set that was that is Batman. Nice. I haven't created it yet. That's awesome. You know, there's there are many many Batman elements. Oh, dude, I, I have a um a friend of mine has uh, connections through somebody in the Lego corporate, and um knew that I liked Batman and literally just got a hold of me and said, "Hey, I want to trade you for a sticker." And I was like, "All right, what do you want to trade?" He's like, "Don't worry about it. Just meet me and bring me a sticker." And I was like, "Cool," because I make stickers, you know. And so I, and he hands me this full Batman Batmobile Lego set. And I'm like, I know these aren't cheap. Okay? Oh like, what are you, like, this is not the equivalent to a sticker, my friend. <laughs> He's like, don't worry about it. Just give me the sticker. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I haven't even opened it. It's it's on my shelf. I'm like, whoa. I'm awesome. not losing a piece. I'm not breaking it. But I bet you Batman looks at the stars. You know, I just I just like to believe that he has that telescope. That well, I mean, we've never seen you and Batman in the same room together before. And I look at the stars. So I mean, you you know, who knows? (laughs) Batman did get old and chubby. All right, so (laughs) so like the 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 telescope you use, if I remember right, it's. Like you have it powered to move by your computer? Is it like remote that you can turn it and adjust it? Yeah, it's a remote setup. The um, I don't have a comparable device to kind of show you. Wait, maybe. Anyway, it's um, what I what I did in the in the past was what most people would do is they would hook their telescope up to the computer, okay, and there's software that will help uh, 
point it in different directions. There are planetarium softwares that you can use that will help control your telescope. But this one is a little Raspberry Pi device, and it kind of it, it's meant to let you use like your 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 tablet or your your cell phone to to control everything to kind of remove as many wires as possible. And I started I. I had my laptop outside in the UK. My garden was fairly secluded. I wasn't really worried about uh, anybody coming in and nicking my stuff, but mm-hmm. it was the what the what the weather would do to my laptop. Understood. It was um, I, I didn't. I used the laptop for school as well, so it was kind of like if that goes down, <laughs> if something happens. <laughs> See, having been in college, the laptop was everything. If your laptop goes down, you might as well just take the semester off unless you got another one and all the research backed up. So, yeah, I hear you. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And no, nobody, not a soul is sympathetic to any kind of issues that crop up. And it's like, you know what happens. It's it's technology. It's going to, it's going to let us down. Mm. See, that's why I stick to my steam-powered laptop with wooden keys. It just keeps going. Oh, perfect. As long as I feed it it some, some coal. You know, uh, and, and and keep it. It's noisy. It's stinky. It's smoky, but it doesn't stop. Then there you go. Then there you go. Pro- problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have your your laptop. Um, hold on, real quick. Okay, so you have your 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 laptop uh, connected to it, and that's how like you can turn it adjust zoom like all of that is it is it fully well, yeah you're, you're it, saying like now you have like your tablet connected to it and everything does that fully... yeah so little the yeah, raspberry pi device has all the software built in so it will it will do the plate solving which is phenomenal plate solving is when it'll take a picture of the sky it'll analyze a bunch of the stars in the picture and it will know where it's pointing so it can do those oh, the, cool. the final adjustments if you need to kind of recenter the image which is great because the previous uh, previous ways that you would do it would just be kind of guessing and trying to find the um the, the spot but this will this will um reposition the telescope as long as you don't move anything on the mount okay we'll put it the same position where it has been so you can image multiple nights and not lose your place um thing there will be like minimal changes in where the image is pointing okay nothing going to uh, be a big problem so that's that's the beauty of, of plate solving so you can recreate everything night after night um, and it makes it really easy for for finding targets because I, I couldn't imagine what i used to do is manually look for a lot of the targets which was great for learning the night sky okay. but when i am searching for the andromeda galaxy for near on three hours and trying to get into frame Right. Nobody is going to want to watch anything like that. Like you're it, you're in it because you're like I will find this. Everybody else is like, call me when you find this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who who is this hack? <laughs> but that's I mean, it it boggles my mind. I think that's one of the reasons why I love. Like I sit in your streams often without talking, not because I don't want to talk to people, but because. I realize I get engrossed in what you're talking about and what you're looking at and how you're doing it to the point that I'm like that eight-year-old kid sitting in front of grandpa's radio going, you know, tell me more, you know, like that's, 
And then I realized you're like, okay, I'm gonna raid them. Like, oh, hi. I meant to say hi. <laughs> and oftentimes when I'll pop in is because I'm like, oh crap, I've been here for two hours and I have not said a single word. But it, it's so interesting to me. Like, it, and I've never been one that was like, you know, like the stars and everything, the plans, I, I find that very intriguing. But I haven't been one that that dove down that road of like, okay, I want to really get into it, but it's mm-hmm. always been intriguing. So for me, this is that little piece of I get to learn more than I thought I would. And I love learning. I absolutely love learning. So and you have you have a voice of somebody that I want to listen to. Like you can probably talk to me about how erasers are made and I'll be like, okay, tell me more. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you have that. So when you're going on about the different, you know, planets and the different galaxies and the way that they, you know, you find them and how they're set up and all those things, I find it to be really, really intriguing, not just because the, the the topic itself, but like the way that you describe them. Like those two, it's it's a very good match. Um, Thank I'm, you. I appreciate I'm, that. I'm glad just as a, a viewer that you that you do streaming. I'm glad that you do put it out there as content for people to get into and be able to learn because um, I would have no idea where to start to even, you know, learn about this stuff. So this for me is like a great stepping stone of where to go to to find out watch and i were dinosaur kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> See, i think there's there's also the, like it kind of goes it it can kind of transition because you have the dinosaurs they, there's these incredible creatures that we had roaming the earth and really trying to think about it too much does my brain in as well that we had giant reptiles right giant, giant creatures right? 65 million years ago dude and there's a galaxy there is a galaxy that uh, when, when i have the opportunity to go look at it it is 65 million light years away okay so the light that that we're seeing uh-huh emitted at the same time with the dinosaurs just before the dinosaurs died out okay that's insane just to think about like my brain sort of like about to explode just thinking about that concept in itself because light travels at a certain speed so what we see happened a long ass time ago and what's happening there now we we aren't going to see for another 65 million years and so to think that the that what we're seeing now was technically the same time that the dinosaurs and you're right like just thinking about gigantic 35 foot lizards cruising around in the jungle just be like hey it it, yeah i don't know if it'd be a good time it might be a good time but i'm gonna go with i'm glad they're not here now well before that if you think about it before that even were like gigantic 35 foot bugs walking around yes yes we had such an oxygen rich atmosphere that they were able to grow to those sizes which is even crazier. Look, I lived in Hawaii. You got two-inch flying cockroaches. That's as big as I need them. That is as big <laughs> as I need them. Right? When you can hear them buzzing down the hallway, the B-52 is coming for you. I don't need it any bigger than that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, I'm glad I'm here now comparatively. I, w- I will say that. But the Earth is a, it's a fun thing. Like, just the whole science behind it and and how long things have been here and how it formed and how it was created and and made uh, was is so stinking interesting to me 
So and there's, there's so many rabbit holes I want to go down, and it's just like what 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 do we sink more time into? It's like do I do we want to go into like the um, like the astrobiology or kind of just stick with looking at the pretty pictures? Like overall, I like the I like showing everybody the cool pictures of outer space, right? Right. But I also want to know why why we're seeing it like that. What how come yeah. it's it's formed in in that in that way? So it isn't just, oh, it's a cool little bubble out there. All right, next picture. But why? Next picture. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I actually started writing a book titled Why, and I realized it was going to be a never-ending book, never-ending book, because there's always a why to your why. You know, if you're always asking why. I love asking why. Um, you know, and I, I studied psychology, and I was told by my professors, don't ask why. Right, just like try and get to the the point of things, but you never ask people why, especially in the field of psychology. And I you ask you guys, yeah, I'm like, why? (laughs) You know, I ask everything why. I want to know why. I'm that kid that, hey, don't do that. Why? Well, because why? You know, like shut up, kid. Why? You know, like (laughs) I'm gonna smack you. Why? You know, that was that was me, Um, and I'm still that same kid. (laughs) You know, so. You going, you know, looking at the picture, and then people are like, "What's the next one?" And you're over here going, "Why?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why? Like, why? Tell me more. Tell me more." Um, like the way that planets. When I took a, a geology class in in college, and the teacher briefly was touching on the formation of planets and things, and I wanted the whole semester to be about that because it was so intriguing the way that that objects in space are formed. They can go from dust to massive, and it's freaking awesome. I know it, it's it's a wonderful see, and also to see images now of of, of planets just starting. Like we're seeing these proto planets around stars. Um, like this, we can kind of jump into this a little after, a little later. But like some of the latest space observatories, mm-hmm. it's just these discoveries that we're making, and even. Uh, yesterday I was talking about this on stream because the day before an entirely new area of, of, a, of a nebulae was discovered by okay. um, uh, a group of astronomers and uh, amateur astrophotographers. Let's go. Which is absolutely incredible. It was, it's a, it's just a little kind of a, an arc just above the Andromeda galaxy. And we've been imaging Andromeda for um like like nearly 150 years people have been imaging this galaxy and not until less than 100 years ago did we know it was actually a galaxy and not just a bunch of gas and dust in the within our own galaxy okay so how far astronomy has come in like under 100 years less than 150 years is is absolutely incredible Uh, yes yeah Technology is, is, you know, on one hand, people may say it's a curse for things, but on the other hand, like, the more we get to know and the more we, like I always said with learning, the more I know, the more I know I don't know, you know, like the more that my mind expands, the more I realize, wow, there's that much more. The more that we learn into space and we get into space and see what's out there, the further we realize that it really just keeps going and going. And yes, going. I have I have this book. I have this book. What we cannot know nice nice and it talks about what we what we cannot know what we do know and what we don't know Mm -hmm. it's the part of what we 
obviously what we can't know we we, we would never ever be able to there, there are certain aspects of of the universe of, of of physics that we just we can't find out we don't have there be it the technology won't be there or the timelines won't be long enough before mm-hmm. we're either forced to be an interstellar species or an interplanetary species and it's those mind-boggling things that uh, don't always keep me up at night, but it definitely it's it definitely caused me to lose some sleep. Yes, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we—I don't know about you, but I want to. I want to know, but then at the same sense, it's just like, yeah, the, we we won't be able to, or or there are certain things that we can't. I. Um, what pops into my head when I think of of space? Because see, I'm like I said, I I didn't go dive into space, but I'm just curious of things with size and massiveness and everything else. And mostly, where it started for me is that you have people that think that we're the center of the universe, and you know we're the only ones. And I'm like, oh okay. Um, but but one one thing that to me was a picture that made me think is. And, and random as it is, I was watching the slow-mo guys. I don't know if you know those guys from yep, YouTube. Yep. Okay. So he had taken a foam ball, like a squishy ball that you play with in the pool, and he had filled it full of water that had red dye in it. And then he took it and spun it and threw it in the air. And then they, mm-hmm. they filmed it, you know, super slow-mo. And there was a point that I paused it because the angle that it was at, there was a red round piece in the middle with this beautiful oval of spray coming out in a massive form and as soon as i saw it i was like space that's there's a galaxy he just created a galaxy you know that was there for a very small minute of time Mm -hmm. but how do we know that each one that we're seeing isn't the same just on a different scale you know on on a massive and i remember writing a, a social media post i put that picture up and then I, I tried to convey my thought process in a short two paragraph. And all I, got, <clears throat> all I got in response was, are you high? You know, <laughs> have you been doing drugs? Are you okay? Do we need to come see you? And I'm like, you're not getting it. Like, <laughs> you know, like for all we know, each water drop that was an entire either planet or, or ecosystem that happened in a flash of a moment which is what we could be compared to something that's much, much bigger than we are out in space. You know, like the massiveness that is like almost unmeasurable. It, it, that's what boggles my mind it, is, you know, being able to see that Andromeda and then that little piece that people are now seeing, like that's really far away. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. massive. It, it is. It's those, those, those distances, those timelines um, that if, if, What's been described from um, from Carl Sagan, from Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, talk about a cosmic calendar, and how if you, you you kind of from the Big Bang until the this current moment, mm-hmm. we are sitting at like we we exist at about maybe like a minute and a half to midnight in that whole time frame of existence, like we're just like maybe even not even a minute and a half, like maybe even like less, like maybe like seconds. And you know, to, so comparative to the universe, that time frame, we yeah. are we're insignificant. Yeah. And yet we 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 like to holler at the top of our lungs, <laughs> I am significant. <laughs> I am powerful. Neil before me is like no. Yeah, said the no. tiny speck. 
<laughs> right? <clears throat> I'm telling you, Horton, that. Horton yeah. Here's the Who takes on a whole new meaning when you really start to think about it. It, it takes on a whole new meaning, you know, of like worlds below worlds, above worlds, above worlds, you know, like that whole thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really, it's, it's really mind-boggling. I love it. I love that. I mean, just you bringing up that, that, that thing that you see that's 28 million light years or billion light years. So what you're seeing is the same time. Like just of that is mind boggling, but just that makes my brain just do things because it, it shows the, and, and I don't want to say insignificant because people, you know, like I, I, I tell people you're wonderful, you're beautiful, you're amazing. So I don't want to say you're insignificant, but when it comes to the timeline of things, like it's very minuscule what we play a part in. You know, we're very, very, very tiny piece of what the universe is. Um, you know, everybody listening, enjoy your life. Don't just, you know, go rob banks and crash trains because you think it's, you know, infinitely small. Enjoy your lives. But in the time of space, we're we're very, very tiny. Yeah. Um, considering the dinosaurs were here longer than us and, and they're already gone. Yeah. And also, you figure when when the dinosaurs existed, they were on the other side of the galaxy. And they would have seen some totally different skies because it takes about oh. 250 million years to, for us in our location to make one orbit around the galaxy. So you figure 65 million years ago, dinosaurs were sitting on the other side of the galaxy. I, okay. Like my brain can only take so much, sir. <laughs> like now I'm thinking about it like, holy crap. Well, that's okay. Just speaking it made me think of time travel and yep. and i was i like to get i like to dive down rabbit holes i love rabbit holes they're so much fun but somebody talking about time travel and like the reason why it wouldn't totally work isn't just because you know moving from time to time is that you would also have to calculate uh where you were at in space because the earth is moving the, the, all the things are moving so if you say went back to the dinosaur time but you popped from here where earth is to right here again, you're now in yep. the middle of space. You're not yep. on Earth anymore. <laughs> you're just, no. no, you're 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 floating in the vacuum of space, and you're going to have a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> so you would actually have to map out time as well as distance and location and movement, and everything's moving. And and that is why I will never be a time traveler because me <laughs> and math do not mix. <laughs> Like I was off by 37 feet. <laughs> and now I'm at grandma's house and grandma was naked. No, it's like you, you don't oh, want to. <laughs> you just don't want certain things, okay? I was going to say, missed it by that much. <laughs> that much is now traumatizing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just the, the con and that's why I love I think why I love going to your, your streams also is is it really gets me and, and pulls me in is I start to think about that, that massiveness. You know, when you start to think about how things are bigger than we are and you, you stretch your mind past what we know and what we've been taught and, and realize that there's more and more and you can go further and further. It's freeing to me. It's really freeing. Instead of going, you know, we have this box we have to live in. There's so much more. You know, it's it's almost, according to us, it would be an infinite amount of time and space <laughs> to be able to go explore. Um, but now that that's a question just 
I've always wondered, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. Um, do you see that there's an edge? Is there a a stopping point? Is it an infinity of going? Like, have you thought about that? For for like the universe? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah for everything. <sighs> I mean, early thinking there 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 can't be nothing what are we expanding into what 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 is there what are we in and it's one of those things that just it, it early on caused like these existential crisis <laughs> as a kid and like thinking how 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 are we even here why why is this even existing what what is the universe what are we sitting in we there we have to be contained within something so what's containing the something 42 um for- <laughs> 42. <laughs> <laughs> Look, see there, no more existential crisis. <laughs> I have fixed it. Perfect. Okay, so so now you're seeing, are we in a shoebox? You know, are we somebody's experience? Or experience yeah, are we, experience? are we in, are we in a bubble? Is it, um, can, can the bubble pop? Are there more bubbles? Can we detect other bubbles? And this is where it kind of gets into the, um, like any any, any uh, hypotheses of a, of a multiverse. Now I'm not uh, until there is some kind of uh, direct observation that we know that there are multiple universes. Uh, as best as I can picture, this analogy was given is that you're in a you're on a body of water. We're a ship. Our universe exists for the for everything we can see in that mm-hmm. whatever mile radius, and that's our universe. Mm-hmm. But adjacent to that can be another ship that is double the distance away and their horizon. It just extends to about as far as they can see. And like, we're just like right beside each other, but with everybody moving the same, right. you're never going to cross paths yet. They both exist, but we can't right. prove it. You can only think about it. Right. Um, what I get down, what I, what I sometimes do a rabbit hole that I go down into is, just alternate timelines. And with everything that we do, there is a, there is a timeline where we did this podcast and there's a timeline where we didn't do this podcast. And which one bad, ends up being the timeline. timeline? Exactly. Which one is a bad timeline. No, exactly. But yeah, I hear what you're saying though. It, it, there is a, that moment of, Hey, do you want to be on the podcast? One of them is yes. And one of them is no. And then both of those continue on not to cross again, you know, or possibly, but, you know, just to move on and then branch out and branch out and branch out with every decision made, which is very feasible. I mean, to me, yeah. it's, why wouldn't it exist? And then that, again, that kind of, why, yeah. you know, why not? Exactly. Well, but we, we can't have both of them. That's where it kind of gets into almost um, like, I, I have no like massive expertise uh, or even, any amateur knowledge on quantum physics, but everything can happen all at once. But once that decision is made, everything collapses and that's the one way it goes. So there are infinite amounts of choices that can be made, infinite amounts of paths that could be taken. But as soon as you collapse the wave function, that's it. That's, that's all that exists. And everything else is essentially gone. Like on but, one hand, that's that's neat, but it, it it like where my mind goes, that's morbid. That means all those people just died. 
you know, that's like that, terrifying to me. Like that's now non-existing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, like this is existing still, so yay. But that one, you know, the other me is gone. I I killed the other me. <laughs> now I'm gonna sit at home crying. I killed me 42 <laughs> times this week. Um, but it's <laughs> these are the things. These are the, the I was talking with my stream about um, in college. I took a bunch of philosophy classes uh, as as electives because I love asking why, and philosophy mm -hmm. is pretty much why. You know, like let's discuss why and maybe and if and sort of and logic or not logic or you know dreamland or whatever and it was this same sort of thing you know like exist don't exist are we really here are we not here you know does this matter does this not and it's funny how as small as down to one decision about whether or not to be on a podcast it's the same sort of thing as the massiveness of space and if there are other universes and, you know, that whole thing, like, did that decision create another Big Bang somewhere, you know, and that universe now created from that moment and because there's an infinite amount of space, they just all keep going, which we can never know. <laughs> That's yeah, there, there's the things that we that we can't know. Yeah. <laughs> But they're fun to think about, at least for me. They're 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 fun to think about of, you know, well, it could be this, it could be this, or it could not be this. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll well actually we won't see, but you know, there it is. Yeah. And that, that that's where it's always that then there's always there's there's the need to have another hobby outside of this to let you to debrain from. <laughs> yes. And that that hobby of yours, I've seen mm -hmm. you well, and I don't know if this is the only thing you do, but I've seen you do Legos. Um, is that a thing that started young? Is that a... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> many times, many times, mom's like, Tom, shut up here. Have, just play with Lego. <laughs> but that was, that was a, again, another childhood thing. Um, just playing around with the Lego bricks. Get a set and totally create something different. Don't follow the instructions. And just be creative. And it started off just as a on on a whim for the stream because i okay. saw the um when i when i finished uh university i was kind of like i was in the the mindset of uh, of space and trying to make a lot of my projects space based at university um there was i saw like there were some space lego sets there were, like the apollo 11 lander and the international space station and the saturn 5 rocket i'm thinking Ooh, that's, that's cool. kind of cool yeah. So I put that that question out to the community because we were it was all everything was just astrophotography, and okay. the stream schedule was fairly erratic because it would largely just depend on when we had the clear skies, and it wasn't until like a few months into the stream that I figured at least if I put in another day, um, well we could do image processing, we can do um, just talk about space news. Mm -hmm. And then I was looking at the, the Lego set. And I'm thinking, what if we just put that question out there? Would would anybody be interested in watching me build a Lego set? And I guess thankfully, <laughs> most people were were all for it and thought it'd be kind of fun. So I think, okay, great. Let's let's try this. Let's get the International Space Station. It's a fairly small set and shouldn't take too long to build on stream. Okay. <sighs> Nine hours later. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> was it really a small thing that wasn't too hard to do? 
Wait, did you do it in one stream though? I did. I, I sat. I, I did one whole stream for it, and Let's go. And that's quickly why now I break things up into multiple streams. Yes, sir. I was going to say, as as a streamer, if you're not a streamer, it, it might seem like, well, yeah, of course you do. But as a streamer, like going from, oh, I'm going to do something that might be three or four hours to nine hours later, it's mm-hmm. that's that's uh, that's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> it's not easy to do. So congrats to you to doing that and like doing the whole thing on there. But splitting it up is a good idea. I just want to point out that your uh, fun time hobby that you like to do on streams is my threat to people she threatens people to go step on legos not to go build them but to step on them especially when it's dark and you're walking to the bathroom if somebody pisses her off i hope you step on legos you know (laughs) yeah yeah which we all know anybody that's ever stepped on a lego knows that that is a very mean thing to say to someone it's comfortable it's not a comfortable thing i did that once on stream for uh for for a goal and on purpose yeah, yeah. Why? Why would you do that? But, but hold on, <laughs> this is also a, a, a man that makes his own special cereals, okay, and eats special cereals on stream, <laughs> and we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. So you did the the nine hour build of yep. the of the space station, yeah, and people hung out for it, which doesn't surprise me. Um, no, it, it was it was it surprised me to a degree because I'm thinking I'm I'm sitting here building Lego. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I when I am streaming, I tend to not shut up, and Which is good. it's I, I feel it's a good thing. And yet, when like you 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 talk to me, like I say, you talk to me. Um, <laughs> I am I'm fairly quiet outside of uh, off the camera. Mm-hmm. It's just me. I, I, I will choose to observe more than anything. And yeah. <laughs> well, and funny enough, like I talk a lot. That's what I do for work. And I'll talk to Star, but if I don't have to, I don't. Like I can go days without opening my mouth. So I, I get what you're saying. Like what people see on stream isn't always like it's who we are, but it doesn't mean that we talk 24 hours a day. We don't wake up talking talk all day go to sleep talk in her sleep don't let him fool you he talks in his sleep okay i do talk in his sleep but that's totally different <laughs> okay so you you are one of those where it's more quiet on your downtime um, yes but when streaming when streaming and make sure that I, this it is everything all the every, like no 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 inner monologue during streams which is it hasn't gotten me into trouble, but it's led to some hilarious um, <laughs> I bet it has. I bet it has. But that's that's a good thing I found in, in my years of streaming, that having that where you talk, you just talk. And people, some people just want to hear another voice. Um, like, I love lurking while I'm, I'm working, right? Like, I'll, you know, yeah. sometimes I'll yep. pop and be like lurking and working because people are talking and, and I'm, I'm able to do work with somebody talking um, and, and that's enjoyable mm-hmm. for some folks. And so you just building Legos and talking and building Legos and talking probably is borderline therapeutic for some people. You know, they come to your streams and are just like, ah, oh, okay. You know, this is cool. Star's got just a hand up. Do it. <laughs> it yeah, is, well, that's so something, that's something she does. Yeah. That's yeah oh she yeah. Does. I'm all working on so many people like all day long. I am always in people's streams. 
I never say anything because I'm just normally a very quiet person. But I will sit there and I will listen to everything you're saying and I'll giggle and laugh and enjoy the conversation without having to say a damn thing while I'm working. She's kind of like the FBI, <laughs> always listening, <laughs> never talking until she needs to use it. No, I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> 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 she knows all of the secrets. If you look back and you're like, wait, I didn't even know Star was there, but she's clipped 13 things. <laughs> <laughs> just like the that's my fbi guy i didn't know you were my fbi guy start anyway uh, yeah. <laughs> so i i found that i and i didn't know this until i started meeting more people to do legos like like yourself and others that it's actually a pretty maybe not there's a lot of people that do it but it's a pretty big area on twitch people really enjoy watching others build legos that that's what i was wondering that's the same thing when i when i did the build i'm thinking is it is anybody going to care? And after I, I, there was, there was the international space station and then right on deck was the Saturn five rocket. And mm -hmm. we'll get into that one in a moment. Um, okay. It's, it's the, um, it, it was just kind of looking around and saw that somebody else is doing some Lego and then realized that there are some people who had like a little icon there saying, recognize um, Lego uh, fan media. And I'm thinking, what's, what's this? Uh -huh. And they are, they are, they they use their their social media uh, status to kind of represent Lego on different platforms, and the odd time they will get some sets ahead of time to to build oh, and review. Cool. And I'm thinking oh, that's kind of cool. Like who else does? And like finding out more people. And like there's a fairly large community of brick builders, and there have been some incredible people. And I think everybody there has yet to be any kind of lego based stream that i've joined in and never felt like i wasn't welcomed i wasn't like immediately part of the right. of the group everybody's so um inclusive everybody's so wonderful in in the in the brick building streams and mm -hmm. i think there some people might also be taken um taken aback by it by the, the friendliness of people i love it I absolutely love it. I, I'm I'm not a, a Lego builder. I have Legos that haven't left their box. You know, I'm I'm a graffiti artist. But every single time I've gone into a brick building stream, it's been the most comfortable place to just hang out. Uh, and and as I've gotten to know people, and this is the funny thing to me. Again, I'm a graffiti artist, which is, I mean, we're creating, but they're very different. Like and, and graffiti are, are very different, but. I get to know people that are, you know, the streamer that's building the Legos and they'll say something nice about me in their stream. And then all of a sudden I have a bunch of people that also build Legos coming to my stream. And I'm like, but it's very different. What are you doing? You know, not that I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I mean, I love that, but the communities are so nice that it isn't strictly just, you have to be a brick builder. Like, it's just, they want to support people. They want to be there. They want to get to, you know, get to know who you are and everything else. Uh, but I love that there's an actual community of, oh, this person does these Legos. This person does this Legos. Like, there's a whole community on Twitch yeah. of builders. And, yeah, there's people, they'll, they'll pick what they, they kind of have, like, the, the certain type of, of builds that they like. Mm -hmm. um, like, I, I, I do not like the Technic series. Okay. There's something about them they just don't look quite right as as Lego builds, but that's that's my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I always tried to keep things within the the space base, but I kind of quickly ran out of sets. <laughs> Lego hasn't been producing you enough NASA. <laughs> exactly. You should write them a very strongly worded email. <laughs> like, I've built all your space pieces. I need more. Lego, please. <laughs> please. Please. Please, sir, may I have another? <laughs> please. please, my bricks. <laughs> so what, what did you move on to like what have you changed from i mean since you've done a lot of the space ones it's uh, it's turned into anything that kind of fits my my nerddom my geekiness the um, all the, the the pop culture references um anything that could be sci-fi related i kind of said all right well it's close enough so we we built the the infinity gauntlet as oh, a, cool. like that was like that was the first one that wasn't space based and just saying, you know, it's it's from the, the Marvel universe. It's it's space, right? Right. <laughs> so, it's um, it kind of fits within the realm of sci-fi. We like to talk about how science can actually influence movies, and Absolutely, yeah, you know, it, it's kind of. I try to keep it as close to it as possible, but at the same time, there have been some other other sets, and I'm like, I I want to be able to share this thing. I want to be able to do um, a different kind of build. So I started incorporating things that were um, like holiday themed. So when Christmas rolled around, have like a Christmas base set. Um, and then like, like, like currently, currently building the Atari 2600, like my first video game system oh, that I, I grew up with. You know, that is cool. And the, the fact that the, it is pretty much one to one and like the cartridge is like a perfect is that a lego yeah it's lego okay you guys can't see is literally holding up a cartridge but like that's a legit like that looks like i i was it looks it looks legit came out that is what it looked like it's bananas it it is absolutely incredible they they, they've nailed the scale and you know we've there are so many other things like uh recently built optimus prime very cool. Um, I'm I'm a fan of trans. I again grew up with the tra- Transformer right. cartoons and Transformers is very very spacey. Was... Exactly. Well, that's where they well, came from. I mean, they come from Cybertron. Exactly. Right. See, so yeah. that's 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 space based. So, um, I, mean, I I think at this point, uh, just I'll just be real with you. There, you'd be hard pressed not to be able to tie almost anything into space. <laughs> you can find a way, and and if you if you ever get stumped, just DM me, and I'm pretty sure that I can find a way. Okay, I got you. Uh, we'll make sure that it happens. Perfect. Why are you building this set? Potch said it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Any issues? Take up with Potch. Yeah. Listen, I'll, I'll pull out a diagram. Listen, so it starts here, space. Okay, that's all you need to know. <laughs> Look, if it even happens on Earth, you can be like, well, Earth is a planet that is floating through space. See what I mean? See? There's you got it on lock. That's, that's There's it. A way. So now do you alternate sort of you just look for clear days and you do the the photography on days that are clear and then just keep it with Legos when it's not? Is that sort of what's evolved? Uh, that's pretty much what I go for. Um, if, if if any kind of uh, any other stream kind of falls in the realm of um, 
a clear night, then I abandon those plans. And it's get the telescope out, share the cosmos. So far, uh, the the Sunday morning Lego stream has been the constant. It hasn't. Re- I don't think it's really been interrupted for space. Um, I do have a solar telescope attachment, so we can safely look at the sun. But right now, because we're in, we, there's there's still very little amounts of of daylight. Um, it's there's only a few hours available to try to capture the sun. So I need that's kind know. of more more of in the summer. When you're going to be doing that, because Am Phoenix like sun. I just uh, my mind blown. I I never even thought about like I always think. Okay, so you're gonna have to do it at night so you can see the stars and the planets and the moon. Like, of course you wouldn't do it during the day because it's just the sun is out. And then you're like, yeah, look at the sun. I'm like, holy crap! Never even thought about. I mean, because I was told my whole life, don't look at the sun. Okay, so so that and those, those are slip by. Ninety nine percent of the time, don't look directly at the sun, especially not through a telescope. You know? No. <laughs> now I'm totally curious of what what it is that you look at at the sun. Like, what is it that you're observing? I I need to be to one of these because I want to see the sun through a telescope. Right, that's what it's, I'm saying. It is uh, okay. Like I, I've, I've only recently been doing the um, the solar imaging, and okay. as soon as I, as soon as I got that first look at the sun, I may have had to change my underpants. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's a big deal. It is because, it, it, like you said, you were told don't look at the sun, don't look at the sun, but you get the proper instruments, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Now there are some there are, there are white light solar filters that will block out um, a fair portion of the of the harmful rays, and that's kind of like when you're when you're observing like an, an eclipse and people say oh wear these glasses that's kind right. of the, the filter, and you can see sunspots and maybe a little little bit of granulation on the sun. But that's kind of about it. Um, you want to be able to look a little deeper. You want to be able to see the chromosphere. Mm-hmm. When we're looking at it with the white light, it's the photosphere. And if you cut out a lot of the, the wavelengths of light for the, the filter that we have, you can see more of the sunspots. You can see more of the um, of the filaments, which when they kind of get to the edge, you can see them as a prominence, which those big arcs that kind of stick up above the, the sun. Right. Um, and you can see so much more more detail. You can see the way how the the, the, the convection currents are, are formed on the surface of the sun. And because the sun is constantly in motion, everything changes all the time. So it's always a new thing you're looking you at. You always get to see something new, which is fantastic because you know, you can be looking at you can be looking at one region, um, depending on how much activity is going on, go over to another section, come back, and it's it is is changed almost drastically. Okay. Is there an actual and I don't know if you know this, and I could be asking like a third grade question right now. Is there an actual surface to the sun or is it a constant moving, flowing energy? It is a constantly moving ball of plasma. Like not even it's not even fire. Like it is a it is a, it is a massive nuclear furnace that is contained by its own gravity, and it, yes, <laughs> yeah. for, for now, 
for now, we're we're in a very 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 fortunate position where the the sun is happily munching on its fuel source and everything okay. is maintaining this nice um, this nice spherical spherical shape overall, and you know we're we're not in danger of anything happening of being like, its next food source. In yeah, yeah. This, and thing. even then, like we we wouldn't even count as a if anything <laughs> if if the sun were to. Uh, well, not right now. Do anything, but but if it were to decide to cook, it, we would be in uh, a blink of the eye for the entire. Because yeah, that, big. That, yeah. Sun is big comparatively to us. And I, I again, I'm using like third grade. This is what I learned from my teacher, right? But like when I start to think of these things, that's how I get them. Like, but it's so big and squishy, and it moves, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, again, we're dinosaur people, so. See, well, I was, I was, honestly, I was a mix between the dinosaur and sports, but not like football, baseball, like, uh, my dad was a surfer hippie, so I grew up in the ocean, you know, like, so skateboarding and surfing was from three, four, five years old, that was where my life was, Um, but there's dinosaurish things in the ocean, just putting that out there. there, there are things in there that you don't see anywhere else. <laughs> and it's like, really weird. No. To, it's really weird to run into them when you're in their element, which is underwater. Um, that's, that's a, yeah, no. I, I just it made me think about, I was, I was um, snorkeling in, in reefs in, in Hawaii. And I came around this reef and there was a parrotfish, which are beautiful, absolutely yeah. gorgeous fish, but they're called parrotfish because they have the beak and they're, big they're very large fish oh, and he came around the corner and looked at me and i looked at him and i was like this is your ocean and backed up i was like you do what you want to do <laughs> like I, it wasn't threatening it wasn't aggressive but i was like Mm-mm. nope <laughs> nope nope <laughs> nope nope you you're you're an animal you're an animal that's bigger than me forget it nope. <laughs> yeah. and, and this is also coming from someone that surfed i would slap sharks you know the, the little the little six foot seven foot white tip sharks they weren't very aggressive but they like to bump you to see if you were you know edible and mm-hmm. give them a good slap and they would they would go away but that pair of fish i was like ah you know i'd rather slap a shark than fight you so we're good you know but it's stuff like that when i i think of what's in the ocean that i've spent a lot of time in the ocean a lot of time there i love absolutely love the ocean when i think of just what's in that piece of our planet mm-hmm. compared to what's out there I mean, just there. I mean, you guys can't see me. I'm waving my arms around just because there is everywhere else. He turned into one of those, like... The used car things. Wacky the used car, car wacky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, that's, and that's where I've gone. And, and I'm, I'm curious. And if this is a, you know, yeah, I don't talk about it subject. Go ahead and, you know, cut me off. But... I've always been curious of people's thoughts on, you know, people thinking we're the only thing compared to there's other whatever they would look like life out there. Like, is that something you've thought about or that you have an opinion on? Early on, early on, there were early on, we had aliens, we had visitors from other planets. And that was, it was almost irrefutable evidence 
based off of the National Enquirer. Um, great, great publication, by the way. Very <laughs> reputable. Uh, I vouch for them all day. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it, there's all. It's the. I guess there there is that fascination. We maybe we we a lot of people probably don't want to believe that we are alone, because the flip side is that we're alone. Yeah, and yeah. Then what what are we doing here? Um, God, that's a good question. But you a lot of I think for me personally, we would be ignorant and narcissistic as a species to think that we are the only intelligent species in the entire universe with being how small we are. It's, it seems like if, if, if it was impossible to reach this level, then why not? Why, why not? It, why wouldn't it be impossible? But we've, we've happened. We're here to ask these questions. Right. We're and, sincere enough to have the why happen. But it's like how specific, like there is very, very specific things that had to happen for us to reach this level. Now, perhaps somewhere mm-hmm. else in another galaxy, someone had a podcast talking about this very same question. But that was potentially hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years ago. And they've had their time. Oh, and true their signal because the speed of light is finite is still traveling our way and we haven't discovered that signal even our our bubble of communication every every planet uh, every planetary body is going to emit some kind of radio signal but nothing as specific as what we have started to do and that's only about maybe a 250 light year wide bubble that we've cast out to the universe without any specific targets that have been made just and here exactly <laughs> and that's if let's like say we, we if say our our signal reaches someone 250 light years away it's going to take another 250 years to get a response right and that's that's where these this whole thing occurs where we want to be able to think that are we unique is there anyone else out there why haven't we heard anything it's because it's slow Space is vast, mm-hmm. and no matter how fast light travels, it's it's still incredibly slow. There's a website that, that would illustrate how fast, you know, show like the light traveling from the moon to Earth, like uh-huh. one second. Traveling from Mars to Earth is on average, well, maybe 12 minutes. Um, sun to Earth, photon takes about eight and a half minutes to reach. Then farther out you go, like Jupiter is about... Um, 25 to 45 minutes for a signal to reach. Um, you know, you look at uh, Voyager, how far those, uh, mm-hmm. those ones have traveled. It takes nearly a day for a signal to go back. So it is a two day round trip for information to be, to be relayed. And that's partially where I think um, it, it, it's signals that have been sent out to space you know generations will go by before we're expecting any kind of response right <laughs> my mind is half thinking and half comedy 
but in yep. 500 years to get a response back. Of course, we're here, you idiot, but you'll never find us. You know, and that's the only <laughs> response. Like, we've waited 500 years to be called an idiot. But, like, I, I guess my thought on it is I, I wouldn't ever expect any other form of life to resemble us, um, but just a form of life in a different place. Uh, so be it whatever it is you know maybe unimaginable and it's another one of those can't maybe can't know you know in in that Mm -hmm. that field in that section i just in the vastness would speculate there's there's not a hundred percent but there's to me a good chance that there's something else on some other place doing whatever it does um, maybe in multiple places that we may never ever cross paths or ever know or you know anything like that and at the same time there might not you know it could be because there's always the chance that we are the one and only lone planet to ever have life to do what we just did or what we're doing yeah um, and and it could be that that's the only one in the entire freaking universe uh, I, I always like. I don't like absolutes because absolutes are really silly. There are some things that there are absolutes, but for the most part, absolutes are silly because there could be, there could be an identical people talking about. I wonder if there's a planet that has other, you know, having a podcast. <laughs> It'd be funny if they had a spot called Canada. There was a guy talking <laughs> to a guy called, you know, in America. You know, like it, there could be that going on. Yeah, um, there's just so many different different things you know i guess i would like to think not in the sense of i'm worried about being alone because because we'll probably never talk to them essentially we are alone anyway um to me that and i know that's why people they really get into that is they don't want to be alone or they're afraid of death or you know there's a lot of things that have are created because of those reasons um like I'm, i'm not as much worried about being alone it's just i look at it and go with the massiveness in the expanse of things it would it would surprise me if there wasn't something. And I'm not saying they have to be humanoid and, and do what we do. They could be amoeba-type things. They could be gaseous. They could, you know, whatever. I don't know. They, they could be things we have no idea and can't comprehend. You know, That's the other they, thing. Maybe it's not a carbon-based life form. It could be yeah. something based on maybe silicon. Any like one of the one of the things we were talking about, you know, the 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 social media posts that I put. Yeah. You know, it could be the thing that that we didn't know existed but there are other things out there could be so large that the the planet earth was but the size of a water droplet that that thing was so large that it walked past to us in such a fast speed that we never knew that it walked past like Barton, you know, here's a hope. yeah it, it could be a, a hundred trillion you know miles tall that just but that was its normal you know, and that universe of theirs is that much larger. And we're here. And so that's why the, when I think of space, I'm just yeah. like, there are real, like to me, measurement is relative. Time is relative. It's all like, it could be, it could, or it could not. <laughs> we, we that's could it. Begin. I mean, the, 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 there, there is one, one of these two statements is true. Either we are yeah. alone in the universe and that is terrifying or we're not alone in the universe, which potentially could be equally terrifying. <laughs> or, I mean, and, and maybe this is just my mindset, is 
we're alone, and thank goodness there aren't more of us to destroy more shit, so this is good. <laughs> <laughs> or we're not alone, and maybe they'll teach us to stop blowing things up. You know, like, you look at it on, on either either spectrum of it, but you, but it is true. It is one of those things. I like that book that you have where, you know, things you cannot know. These are things that we may never know. You know, it's it's speculation. It's wonder. It's yeah curiosity. You know that we that we get to to look into and find out. I, I love that this is what you do. Like I, I I love thinking of these things, and so meeting other people that are just like, huh? I wonder. I love that. Yeah, there's there, there's some like you say you love going out rabbit holes. Just the the time you can get to even just sometimes waxing philosophical about astronomy mm-hmm. can uh, can come into play. But just the just asking these what ifs, like just suspend a lot of the, the scientific principles, just like, you know, what, what if there was, what if we did have finally something land on earth that wasn't of this planet? Mm-hmm. Did the DNA structure not even match? Um, like I'm, I'm ex- there are some missions coming up that are going to be aiming to um, analyze uh, different moons around the, around the planets because I, I do believe that those ones are much more fascinating than planets themselves. Okay. Um, which there is the, uh, like, um, on in the Europa, and the this moon is largely covered in a thick layer of ice, but the 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 the, the heat of the of the moon can still have like a liquid oceans below. Is there a potential that there could be something under there? And how careful we need to be about analyzing it by not cross-contaminating anything from Earth. You know, will we find, will, will we yeah. see something? Like, I, I want to optimistically believe that we, in, in, in this lifetime, that there is going to be some sort of evidence saying that there was something else on another planet, on another moon, and its DNA would not be, would not match anything on Earth. Mm-hmm. That it was something that originated from that, from that planet, from that planet, from that moon. You know, it's funny that that was one of the streams that I remember of yours as you were talking about just what you just said, um, and it was one that I don't even know if I said hi, but I was listening. But you were talking about just that, um, you know, that it, not as much the planet we look at, but the moons, and that that really intrigued me. That it had the ice covering, but it had the oceans underneath, and um, there's. Oh, is it a, a fish? But it got trapped underground here on, on Earth in, in water, and it evolved to be what it needed to be, and, and it's not something that we really come in contact with anymore. It's become solely under the Earth, you know, down mm-hmm. in these caves, and not saying that it's, you know, a fish, fish moon, you know, full of fish things, but, you know, something underneath there something underneath there doing its thing. But I didn't even think about the cross-contamination thing. Like, I don't know why I, I you know, I just well, it's didn't think about the, it. it. It's, um, I mean, it, it happens frequently. Like, we have moon, we have, like, lunar rocks that have landed on Earth after impacts. There are Mars rocks on Earth. There are Earth rocks on Mars. Um, mm-hmm. And that is just the, the fact of when there have been meteorite impacts, Things go everywhere, and as it travels through space, it can eventually get caught up and land on another another planet. So, I guess in a way, we can't hundred percent say that no, we haven't had any kind of cross contamination or panspermia 
which would could did, did, did this seed life here there were we from were we actually ah, from yeah. another planet to begin with oh that brings up a whole new set of what ifs you know like that's that I mean, it's, it's, like that's let's, crazy but yeah going, going down the scientific the, the sorry the science fiction route and it's like you know we're we're you know mars mars it was at one point could have harbored life maybe not to the extent of what we have now but what if we're martians right what if we're not actually earthlings right well it it just made me think of uh so i lived in hawaii for a while and hawaii is an island in the middle of the ocean it's very far away from everything like there's no landmass that's very close to it you're you know a thousand miles a couple thousand miles either way but we get different plants and different uh animals that shouldn't be there but there's stuff that something happened caught up in the wind stream and that seedling made it or that bird ate over over in mexico and pooped in hawaii you know like there's so yeah. many different things that cause things to travel and while that's on a very small scale i think it can be applied to just what you're saying if you know a meteorite hits a planet and then it flies through the you know space and it hits another planet and it it might not be oh now the entire earth is on mars but one little thing might have now hit over there or it what might if, hit onto a different place what if our planet was like a stopping point for a bunch of extraterrestrials that were just flying through space and they stopped here and our primordial ooze that started all of life on this planet was like a byproduct of their engines and we just happened to be the planet that was in the perfect spot to harbor a life source see you can I, I, i'm glad you said that book from their engines <laughs> and it wasn't so they left their waste out and, <laughs> and that's where we came from so i'm glad you went with the, the engine thing instead of we came from crap <laughs> Well, I mean, technically speaking, we could have come from scraps from their food sources. Imagine. We're just really, really intelligent turds. <laughs> well, I mean, I tell Pachi's the turd all the time. So. Yeah, and I feel smart, so I fit the bill. <laughs> that concludes part one of this two-part episode. Come back on Thursday to hear the rest. Thank you and have a wonderful, wonderful week.